Hey, sisters and brothers, this is Wolf Hemora, and uh, this is the Maiden episode, the first episode of WDRS Talk. And I want to thank you very much for joining me. And uh, this one is going to be a new endeavor for me, a talk uh, podcast. I hope you enjoy the guests that I will be interviewing from now and from now on. <laughs> so, uh, again, thank you for your support. And we are going to uh, have a guest. And uh, our first guest is a blues artist from the 1990s in, in the Manila uh, Manila rock scene, Manila blues scene, Manila music scene. And uh, he was also in a band called Dean's December back in, in the 80s during the New Wave era. And uh, a very um, great singer, a really good singer, especially the blues. Um, this is Binky Lampano. And he was, uh, he all, he went solo and he formed the band also called Lampano Alley back in the 90s. And that's when I first saw him play. And um, yeah, I was I was very impressed by his voice. He was like one one of the or probably the only blues singer in the Philippines at the, at the time who was actually singing blues music. So um, yeah, he lives in Los Angeles now for almost uh, 20, 25 years. And uh, I saw him uh, back last year or maybe earlier this year when we played uh, when I played drums with the melodies in uh, in uh, Azusa. I think that was Azusa or something. And uh, yeah, it was great to see him and uh, it's great to talk with him. So please enjoy this first episode of WDRS Talk with myself and Binky Lampano. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, joining me. This is WDRS Live Talk. No, not live. It's just WDRS Talk, a brand new uh, podcast that I started. And uh, this is going to be the first episode, the maiden episode. And I am proud to have as a guest none other than uh, a blues artist from the Philippines. And uh, he is uh, <clears throat> a recognizable name from the Filipino rock scene from the 1980s and 1990s. So please, sisters and brothers, please welcome to WDRS Talks Maiden episode, Binky Lampano. Hello, sir. Hello there. Hello there, Wolf. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much for uh, for gracing us with your presence on the main maiden voyage of WDRS Talk. Well, <laughs> it's a, sorry, it's a tall order, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for tagging me along. You know, I I I was. I'm I'm just happily uh, staying in the back. I've been happily staying in the background for the most part. So I haven't done music in a good while, and uh, I'm not really even thinking about it. So, <laughs> but it's a uh, it's an honor too. Thank you. All right, thank you. So anyway, um, like I said, um, maybe some folks out there don't know who you are because uh, when did you come here to the states? When did you, I mean, I, I, when, or, or when did you leave the scene, the music scene? I've been here for close to about 20 years now. Uh, all in all, maybe around 20, 20, 
23 or something, 23 or so years. Uh, so that's... I had a spell. I immigrated, and then I had a brief spell in the Philippines, and then I went back. That was uh, came here around 90, 95, I think, 95, I believe, 95. Wow, that, 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 that early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. I can't even remember it anymore. The uh, One of the more outstanding things I just remember from that era was Heat. You know, watching that movie. Oh, Heat. Al <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. Al Pacino, yeah. Dude, I love that movie, man. Yeah, yeah. That, that, one, of, yeah. one of the best... Hollywood gunfights. Exactly. It's exactly. <laughs> when that movie came out, every the first thing, the first thing that people would say is like, dude, that that gunfight, man, that when they robbed the bank, oh my God. Because yeah. I think that was the first time that Hollywood featured like those high-powered weapons like that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And and when in fact, when it was shot here, apparently, you know, a lot of people were disturbed by it because obviously you had real, uh, even if they were blanks, you had real weapons loaded yeah. with blanks. So it was, for the most part, it was terrifying. So that's what I recall, at least from that era. And yeah, even if you're shooting blanks, it's making the same noise. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude. You go deaf anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, since we're let's let's stay on on film first, since we got into it, and then we'll we'll go we'll go backward again. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, I'm assuming, of course, you were you were a you were a kid in the '70s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Were you old enough to watch movies? Because I was I was yeah. like, I'm because I'm 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 a little younger than you, so. Mm -hmm. I couldn't watch the, like I would only watch Star Wars when it came out in the yeah. theater itself, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember I watched the YMCA. I mean, I mean, you, <laughs> you can't stop the music, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that even had Bruce Jenner, right? Oh wow, I don't remember, man. I, I remember around that time there was you can't stop the music and all that jazz. All that jazz, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, with uh, Roy Scheider. And for some reason, I don't know what got us. Some of my pals wanted to watch, you know, why am you can't stop the music or something like that. And then I don't know why we ended up in all that jazz, but I kind of like all that jazz because of Ben Vereen. Yeah, and the uh, music, man. Yeah, yeah, the the music around that time. It was, you know, it was a great time for for music. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so. <laughs> What what films do you remember as a kid? As a like, kid, what what theater would you go to? I would go to Quad. The first theater I remember ever uh, ever going to, or I remember being brought there by my mom, was Gaiety Theater. This was in Ermita. Mm, you know, okay. Gaiety Theater is eventually became uh, uh, this performance hall. Uh, I, I think Bert, uh, um, he's, uh, the, the old director of Skudbukul and he, he, he sort of run that place. He owned that place. 
Blues Hall, I think, uh, Ermita or something. What, what's the name of that place? I, I forget. But anyway, uh, Gaiety Theater. And we watched, I, I believe, Snow White. And it was really a nightmare for me because the Wicked Witch. It's scary, bro. Yeah, man. I had nightmares of that. And that was my first. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then enter the dragon around 72 or 73. Oh, wow. You saw that in the theater. Yeah, man. yeah, in, wow. in, in downtown Manila back then. Wow. So for all for the initiated, um, Enter the Dragon is mm -hmm. one of the best movies of Bruce Lee. Oh, of course, you know, Gary and Bruce White. Lee is one of the best people that ever lived, man. Yeah, well, if well, there's no Bruce Lee, there would be no MMA. Yeah, well, yeah. There would be no free form. No free form, uh, man. Yeah, I remember then. Uh, I, Bruce Lee, Jim Kelly, John Saxon, Bolo Young was still young. <laughs> I don't even recognize those that, names. Man. Bolo Young is the big guy. You know, he fought that big guy toward the end, and then uh, what's uh, his antagonist? Oh, the oh the the opponents. Yeah, yeah. His antagonist and, there, the guy with the claws, was Mister Han or something. Yeah. What, this is the one with uh, Kareem, right? Kareem was there. No, that's Game of Death, man. Oh, Game of Death. Okay, that okay, was okay. Game of Death. That was. Uh, I think he died before that. The filming of that. Uh, right, it was finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to. Game of Death and had, uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the the Filipino dude, Danny Inosanto. Yes. 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 The Phil Am guy. Yeah. There we go. Again, another for the uninitiated in this <laughs> game of death. Another great movie of Bruce Lee uh -huh. is uh, what's his name? Freddy Inosantos. Um, Danny. Danny. Danny Inosanto. Yeah. Yeah. The Filipino martial artist. He I was uh, Arnis, right? He, he. 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 Yeah. He did yeah. Arnis as well. Yeah. Yeah. Arnis. That's what he taught Bruce Lee, I think. Wow. Is he was, Imagine uh, that, man. Yeah, I think it was a San Francisco guy or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Bruce Lee was uh, lived there. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he, um, I guess, migrated to SF. I I think he was first in uh, Seattle or something, and then he moved to San Francisco. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Seattle. Yeah. 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 Because when you say Seattle, you say Bruce Lee, Jimi Hendrix. You know. Ah, yeah. Sonics. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, Grunge. Any, so anyway, uh, do you remember seeing Star Wars? Yes, of course. Yeah. But before I, before Star Wars was Jaws. Jaws, I remember wh where I saw <clears throat> Jaws. Magallanes Theater. Oh, wow. And wow. I had clear memory of that because I remember when the shark first came out of the water an uncle of mine, we were standing room, right? right My uncle right. was sitting on a ledge. He yeah. fell off. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then on the way home, we managed to pick up something like a wallet and it belonged apparently to a stewardess. And I don't know what happened, but you know, we ended up buying some chicken after that. <laughs> Those were the days, man. Oh man, oh, uh, Magallanes, man. Uh -huh. I, I I saw some. Do you remember the Pancake House there in Magallanes Theater? Yes, of course, of dude. Course. Yes, yes. Uh, Star Wars. I think I saw. I'm not even sure. Maybe hold on. Uh, I think it's no. That's the second time I watched 
I saw it, that was in Quad. The first time I believe was uh, Harrison Plaza. Mm. Around that time, yes. I, I couldn't believe it, you know. It was like boom, man. Ha, yeah. Everybody wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Oh man, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I saw I saw Star Wars in quad with oh, my yeah. uncle. I remember it was with my uncle because mm -hmm. I guess my parents were a little too mature for like that. And it was the first time that sci-fi came out like that. So they were like, what's that? You know, that's for kids, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's what they thought. <laughs> yeah, that's what they thought, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so my yeah. uncle, who's the youngest of the brood on my sis on my mom's side, mm -hmm. he was he was much younger than my mom. So uh -huh. so he he took me. Yeah. So he could he could still relate to the movie. I've I've been all over uh I've been all over Manila actually. You know, I've 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 gone to third grade theaters. You know, I remember I was maybe nine, ten years old or something, sneaking into a third grade theater because I would uh, work for a uh, a grandfather who was a community doctor and every day at the end of the day he would give me like three bucks. And that was enough to take me from Santa Ana to to Paco, where I can go to either Bellevue or New Paco Theater to watch, you know, these uh, double features. I would have a friend tag along and would pay for him as well. It was like uh, uh, 150 for both of us. And oh, we my like, God. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> like that, man. It was like that. And was there popcorn already? There was popcorn. No, no, no. No, man, the, oh. those weren't the things in third-rate theaters. Basically, in the third-rate theaters, they they sold popsicles on oh. the aisles, man. Oh, <laughs> you know, be a guy with eyes. Oh my God! So it's like a, it's like watching baseball here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's something like that. But yeah. this is during the actual during the the actual show. Those <laughs> <laughs> popsicles. Oh my God. Man. What other theaters that you haven't, I think you haven't seen anymore? There was a theater, Buendia, uh, Buendia Cinema. There was a theater there. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think my, my Dolphy movies, I saw there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my dad would drop us off, you know, and we'd just sit there and he'd pick us up after, you know, the movie finished. Yeah. yeah that's, that's it. Good, good memories of, uh, you know the scene there did they ever um i was too young to know this but did was godfather ever shown in the philippines yes it was it was godfather was shown before that was i'm not sure if that was around the same time as serpico godfather you know, all that godfather the first godfather was 72 yes that 72 it was shown the the one of the bigger deals around no no it wasn't seventy two Exorcist was like what seventy six I never even saw Exorcist it's just uh, I heard my folks talk about it and you know being the religious people that they were they were saying oh that means the the end of the world is coming that was like uh, in nineteen seventy six yeah <laughs> almost fifty years ago for yeah. me so, <laughs> I yeah. don't know but. <laughs> 
but we're still That's, rolling, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, if you if you think about it, a lot of the a lot of good classic movies were shown in the Philippines yeah. during those, those. That was the martial law years, and they got away with it, man. Well, a, a lot of it were really. I don't know for some reason. I I remember when Doctor Strange Love was on. Uh, you had these uh, uh, these noir films on on Channel Two on BBC Two back then. In the afternoons, there was Doctor Strange Love. Uh, uh, oh, what's this other film? Uh, a lot of these uh, Marcello Mastroianni films uh -huh. and some uh, Alain Delon. Uh, all those films, man. I I can't remember their titles now, but you know, I just you know, sitting there in fascination. What the hell are they talking about? Except for the subtitles. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the seventies, man. Wow. A lot of people, you know, as sad as I, I do not know. I I. It's sort of uh, some of all things. You know, in spite of the dictatorship in the Philippines, there was a bright spot in terms of, you know, if if, if it was any form of rebellion, it's actually the art, you know, yeah, that, that sort of did it more subtly. Instead of exploding things, they basically blew your mind. Yes, and that's the main thing. I, I yeah. guess that's what art is all about. You know, instead of dropping bombs, you 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 drop thoughts. You drop thoughts, which are more, which yeah. are more dangerous, man. Yeah, and more potent, right? More, po more potent. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's so weird. I, I think, like right now, I just realized now. It's like I think all of those movies, um, uh, got through the dictatorship because I think the dictatorship or the minions of the dictation dictatorship were not savvy enough to understand it. Well, yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, it's I, I think a lot of it was for the sheer pleasure of it, you know, just yeah, yeah, let's play it. Right. And then, you know, then it got to the M M M I F F. Oh yeah, the M I F F. You know, before that the of course, you know, there was the bomba, you know, the bomba era. The bomba era. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before that was like that's the late sixties, the Batutani Dracula or something like that. The oh my god, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. Even, I wasn't even born yet, man. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, those are the things that from the old days. Oh my gosh! And, uh, you you got to sit with the <laughs> older folks for that. You got to sit with the OGs, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was fun. All right, so. Since we're still there in in your childhood, let's move over to music. Mm -hmm. So while all this is happening, mm -hmm. what is happening to you and your music? Have have you been touched by music already at this point? Well, I, my my father's family is, or at least my father is musical. My my grandpa played the piano, but never really had sort of the the inclination to pass it on to his kids. It was more like everybody just pick, picked it up. I, I played a piano a bit, you know, as I got older from listening to some some of my friends, but, you know, I I don't do it now. I can't, I don't even have the facility for it. Um, when I was growing up, my, my dad would invite people over to, to our house, to our dinky house, 
uh, in Pasay. And, you know, we'd have sort of gather around and with a guitar player, you know, we just sing and just sing stuff from Beatles and whatever was was going on. And we, we, we would just sing. And uh, I, I remember uh, there was this barber that that cut our hair for for the better part of 30 years. And I tell you, man, bar none, bar none. This is fucking, I mean, bar none. He's one of the best guitars, uh, guitar players that I have ever, ever seen, bar none. He's the sort of guy, oh, what do you want to sing? Wow. Okay, run it by me. And he'd play it. And he'd play jazz. He'd, he'd play something that he didn't even realize was jazz. He was just oh, wow. that good. While you're singing, he's playing. <laughs> and he was doing all these things, these chords that really, I couldn't even figure out what the hell are these chords. These are not regular chords. Oh, wow. But he had that. You know, he was just a barber. He was offered a job to, to do jazz. And he refused it. I just want to cut hair. I just <laughs> want to do it. I just want to do this for friends. And I want to get a few bucks and drink. That's that's his life. Jeez. I, I miss that guy. You know, he's uh, he's one of the best musicians I've ever met. And, and, and where was where was this? This was in Pasay. Oh, okay. This was in Pasay. And then, you know, I had friends and everybody was singing all, you know, everybody was singing in, at least in my in my alley. Um, and my my father's my father's uh, kin, my my father's brood lived there for, you know, the better part of their lives since the 40s. And the good part is the the alley was very musical too you know we had neighbors who you know you, you had that and even the voice so i i thought about it yeah and uh, but of course you never had designs yet you know you you never i i never had masters of the universe kind of uh, thoughts in my head back then And even as even as I grew older, I never really harbored that. It was more like, how can I make this sound me? It was always that. And I, even as I surprised myself, because I could imitate stuff. And so basically, I I co I I coasted through through life knowing that I would sing from time to time. You know, there was gospel because I went to a Protestant school, or so mm -hmm. I thought. You know, and my my grandfather, uh, my grandfather was Baptist, so I went to Baptist church and I sang all these sad songs. <laughs> well, well, they're not supposed to be sad songs, but the way people sang them was so sad that. Oh, okay. You know, what the hell, man! If you're waiting on this, you might as well kill yourself now. <laughs> It don't matter. Oh, come on, man! It was just sad. But I It thought I, I yeah. thought Baptist was was the like the gospel music like the black folk here well that's States, different right? that's you know you know that's black gospel music that's oh, okay by, but you're talking about you know bible belt white bible belt baptist interpretations of of music that's another story right 
and that that's like singing you know what a friend i had in jesus <laughs> stuff like that you know things that you would hear beyond amazing grace right I, i i knew tons of those tunes back then because that's the only way we 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 learned we learned by by accretion you know that goes with the culture you have your hymns you read it you you sang it you sang it a cappella you didn't care When you mm-hmm. got to church, at least you have some accompaniment. Somebody was playing the organ, or you know, so somebody was doing that in the background, and everything was in C. <laughs> <laughs> How could you miss, man? Right. <laughs> It has to be in, in one key so that so that yeah. everyone can hit those notes, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you know, nobody stood there. Well, I, I kind of feel like it's a D flat. <laughs> <laughs> shoot man so i'm at least that that was my training and then i i the only thought that i seriously harbored was well i want to be a guitar player or something like that so my dad got me a guitar which i promptly lent to a friend and then my friend promptly broke it so me being the adhd kind of guy okay there goes my my ambition i don't want this anymore but I can play, but uh, all my my bones are basically ruined now, and I can't do it. I can do a few chords, but that's it. Right. Yeah. So. So. I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, continue, please. So as I grew older, you know, it's just by association, I met people who like music too. Um, fourteen. 13 or something I, i i i i had a good friend who was really hip he was really hip because you know his dad was a merchant marine and his dad always had the latest equipment every time he would uh, arrive from from his work uh, uh on a ship and then he would have all these records and my friends you know even in For for a place like Leverisa, in Pasay, he had all the hip A and M records. You know, the turned me on to uh, Cal Jader, the uh, what's this, the George Benson stuff, and and all that. You know, more even before even before Pinoy Rock, I was really turned on to that and Steely Dan. Yeah, he turned me on to it, and then when I got turned on to it, in spite of You know all the rest of the stuff that you hear, the eight track. Uh, uh, would you know the eight track? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, eight yeah, tracks, yeah. Stuff, right. Yeah. So back then, you know, these were on rotation, like Nazareth, Foghat. Wow. You know all those guys. You know. Oh my Deep God. Uh, what's that? I got into. I I think I got into Queen and Led Zeppelin or something like that. Jimi Hendrix, my my neighbor, you know, had this uh, record, the Machine Gun. Oh, yeah, Band of and, Gypsies. Oh, jeez, man. So Machine those gun. are the things were just you know spinning in my head. Not that I I I wish, you know, there was somebody smart up there who just gave me a bit of the skill to. 
to work it out. But, you know, I only had my voice. Yeah. Uh, so, well, this, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, well, the voice is, I think, the most important instrument because, well, yeah, that's how you, yeah. you know, that's how you get those things from your brain and put out into the world, man. Well, yeah, well, we're lucky. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I remember eight tracks. I was, I was very young, and my, I, my mom's brother mm-hmm. had a Mustang, uh-huh. and yeah, you know, yeah. it's just perfect seventies Mustang eight tracks. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, I'm saying that looking back. Of course, when it was there, when I was there, I was, I was a small kid, so I was like, okay, it's it's an it's a cool car, mm-hmm. and I remember the smell because it had leather seats. It was a real Mustang, mm-hmm. Americanized. I you know I I don't know if they even sold Mustangs mm-hmm. back then. He probably got it secondhand or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean that 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 time, um. I I remember the yeah I remember I remember seeing Don McLean on TV. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Exactly. As, as a kid, man, I re- yeah. every it's like every afternoon at Channel 9 or something. It's him. Yeah. And in the, concert. In concert. Yes, that's the one, bro. Yeah. yeah. In concert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Dude, See, look so at that. I, I think that was the first time I ever saw, uh, I mean, actual footage of a white person, you know, a Caucasian, a Westerner mm-hmm. performing this kind of music, this music. And I was yeah. like, and before that, uh, it was just the music of my parents that was in the house, you know, Frank Sinatra, that that yeah. era. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you're hearing this bye bye Miss American Pie yeah. with drums and full band and like yeah. you know it, it's like the music of your time and you know as I grew older you know we, I, I had disputes with my dad I, I understand but you know, I, I understand that you love Sinatra he always thought that I never liked his music when I did you know it but not sort of in a gushing way, but they, they were in v- very much in my memory. And I was surprised at some point in my life when I, I, I managed to get myself a, a, a jazz band that I actually still remember the words that I never bothered to memorize. So it was in my bloodstream, so to speak. Uh, so when I, I had, you know, we, I had sort of that shift, that, that shift from my dad's music to my music, you know, I was listening to Steely Dan, I was starting to get into other forms of stuff, New Wave came in, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I remember one thing that really struck me, that struck me more than anything in in terms of of that era was i think it was wxb back then yeah and it was dave ryan i forget the the dj it was dave ryan i forget uh it was a saturday afternoon or a saturday morning and this is something you know fresh or something like that and he played the what what is that uh 
I think it was Tears for Fears, Head Over Heels. And man, and, and still that album for me is a watershed moment for that band. And I, I oh my god, they were not able to replicate that. And no, that and, they, I mean, um, that's what broke them here in America. Yeah, and that predated U2's, uh, you know, Joshua Tree. Yes, because that was the uh, a foray really into American soul. That was really soul sounding. That is was, soul music, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and geez, you know. And even you know the black dudes, uh, the 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 folks that I meet here from from you know from that era, they would tell me, you know, tears for fears. I know that bum 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 bum, and they would sing it, and wow. And there there you go. That's the cross pollination. So around that time. Uh, I think it was my bass player or or the ba the bass player of the band that I eventually joined, which became which Dean's December. Dean's December, know, yes. Yeah, saw me walking around with a with a guitar and said, you know, don't play the guitar anymore, man. Just sing. Mm -hmm. And you know, the first singer was kind of, you know, he he was kind of he, he he was into boy george in the culture club or something oh like God. that okay and uh and i guess that was it that was what he was into and what are you gonna do well that's <laughs> nature i guess so and he said he eventually became you know part of the identity crisis oh so, okay yeah so they, they, the, yeah, male, yeah. the male singer of identity yeah. crisis yeah and then oh, sing okay. for us you know sing for us and the, the band said okay let's do this and then i started what do you like and those they just started feeding me their music and so basically me being the parrot that i was i just parroted what i heard mm -hmm. because i never really had you know i i never really had a moment a moment of really some time to think about it and me, me having these uh, deep set uh, issues with depression, uh, just mark with sort of the these these moments of happiness by the music that I played. Right. So, yeah, you know, I just sort of just sort of rolled along with it until you know, eventually you know it became us. It became Dean's December, but then again, I realized that Dean's December really, you know, it, it had a shelf life. It's not like other bands. It's at some point that you 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 know that most bands would just go on, would just keep rolling on, but it wasn't us. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, you know, everybody just sort of went their separate ways. And of course, uh, for the most part, the band, you know, the bass player went to other bands. Uh, the guitar player eventually went, uh, migrated to Canada to do, uh, uh, to do uh, IT, which is the same field that I'm in since he's, he was my classmate too. And, and that's it. And then I went on to go try to do solo so 
Uh-huh. So where um so where did the blues come in? Because yeah, aside from um yeah. Dean's December, yeah, which people from that generation recognize that band name, yeah, and and to your and to your um I was sh- I I would say transformation into a blues artist, yeah, in, in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So where did the blues come into your life? Well, blues music. It, I mean, the blues came around for me. I I really was. I was already all dried up by the late 80s. I was depressed. You know, I had a largely a diagnosed depression around that time, clinical depression. I I just didn't know what to do with with my life and I I, I was hearing music but I didn't I couldn't put my finger on it. And Manila being Manila, you know, to hear that music, where are you going to get that music? Where do you hear it? I hear it from time to time at some, you know, at some, some of some of my friends' place, and then, and I realize, shoot, this is, this is just second nature to me because I go back to the time when I really like, around that time when before Steely Dan, I was listening to a lot of Bob Dylan as well. Mm-hmm. And where's Bob? Where is Bobby coming from? And so I, I, you know, sort of tried my best to research the beginnings or the origins and found out that, hey, this is it. But where do I listen? I listened to Clapton, but for me, Clapton was kind of light. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what I was looking for. It wasn't like it was coming from the way I heard it was like it it is the blues but it is already you know smooth smooth out I yeah. needed it rough yeah I mean I, I, yeah. even if if you would say Eric Clapton is is a great uh, musician it still yeah. was mainstream yeah. you know I I needed the roughness of a muddy right I needed the roughness of real blues right and so you know, it took me years to uh, until uh, I thank him to this day. Uh, my my good friend Butch Saulog, who who plays uh, keyboards mm-hmm. and also plays you know really excellent drums. He oh really? A, I didn't know that about great him. Great drummer, I tell you. Oh. And um, you know, times you know the best times we played. You know, he reminded me so much of Mitch Mitchell, and he could do all. all, all really, he can play like that. Yeah, he he's really. He's really a natural. Wow. And he introduced me to, to what he was listening to. And I think the first, he gave me a, a John Coltrane record. And this record, I remember very much back in the day. I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but back in the day, around the 70s, when there was still Oracion, and... It was played on these, I think, DZMB, and that's a, an AM radio back then. You know, every six o'clock, time for the oracion, and then the bell. Oh, bang, bang, bang. Angelus, is that the one? Yeah, Angelus. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what's this? Uh, uh, that album, John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman, was a staple in in 
I think it was the late 60s, early 70s, around 70, 71. And I remember it very much because to this day, because that day was, I, I think it was just the perfect day. You know, the, the sky was deep purple, you know, becoming nighttime and that music played. You know, the very thought of you make my heart sing like an oh, angel. Oh, okay. On the and then, geez, when I heard that, when I heard that from this album, so that's where it came from. And so that got me into researching hmm. to, to, you know, digging up what I can. And second to that, he gave me really you know that really freaked me out it was uh, i think giant steps oh that i listened to it for a couple of days and then put it aside and went back to listening to steely dan i wasn't listening to jazz like that i never heard jazz played like that let alone you know in in the 20 I think 24 years of 23 years of my life, I never heard anything played like that. Uh -huh. but, so I set it aside. Three months later, I was getting restless with Steely Dan. So I played this this tape again, and suddenly it made sense to made me. Made sense, yes. Sense. And then you know your mind just exploded. That's it. You know that's when the bomb finally set off. Oh, dude. I get it, man. I get it, dude. It's it's a killer. Now it's an etude. It's just a study for you know all these hot shots. But back then it came from nothing. That's yeah. why that's why when you think about stuff, yeah, this guy can do all you know, all the runs like he was counting beats. But, you know, before that, it was Mitch Mitchell. Before Mitch Mitchell, it was nothing, right? Yeah. Before Mitch, there was Elvin Jones. And before Elvin Jones, there was, yeah, but this innovation, how it happened, how did it happen? You know, that, that flash and shit, you know, that really happened to me. Wow. And, and, and so back, I was getting really deep into it now. They were feeding me stuff that I barely heard. Mm-hmm. You know, some some of the lyrics I can't even make out because of bad audio back then. <laughs> the tapes. Uh -huh. And you know, I didn't know if I was making up lyrics until I got here. And that was when I finally, uh, you know, I would say I was finally able to associate with old timers. Right. Who played who played blues, who played R&B back in the days of the Chitlin circuit. Wow. That's it. So, so, um. Did you, since you mentioned that you know you you had um, you 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 experienced depression, did you relate to the blues because of your depression? Did you find solace in that music, or it, it wasn't so much as that? But you know, it it's just the sense of because for the most part, I I I have this sort of weird idea about rock and roll and the blues, you know. Go for it. A, a rock and roll guy would shoot himself in the head. You know, a blues guy would just drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, man. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that made more sense to me. Okay. And, you know, it's like, I, 
you know, of all the things in life, you know, it's, uh, yeah, forgive me, but, you know, alcohol was my only friend. Uh-huh. You know, you know my, my, it's my longstanding friend, but right. not anymore. Uh-huh. But back then, you know, it was sort of, it was killing me, but, you know, it helped me keep, just keep going on. Right. You know, all this, uh, all these, I guess, in a manner of speaking, if you want to be light about it, you know, it's just your, it's just my personal telenovela, so to speak, your blues tunes, your blues lyrics, you know, mm-hmm. others, you know, love the telenovela rock and roll. Yeah. You know, some like world uh, WWF wrestling, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. Some yep. like politics. That's their telenovela. Right, right. I get it. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But mine is blues and jazz. Yeah. And finally, you know, I found my home. You know, after searching for years, because you know, it's like going to a ninety-nine cent store as you grow up in the Philippines with limited means of mm-hmm. access. And what do you do? You just you know follow whatever's out there. Yeah. Right. So. Well, that's the uh, that's the. That's pretty much the Filipino way, man. Well, yeah. Because we didn't, back there, we didn't have access to what we have access here, man. Yeah. I mean, here in this country, you have access to anything, man. And you can be focused. That's that's one of the things here. But in in the Philippines, it's more diffuse. Yeah, it's more diffuse. It's it's like when you think of somebody like... What's his name? The the Journey singer. Uh, oh, Arnel. Yeah. You know, he can sing everything. Yeah. You know? But, but hey, he fit the bill. <laughs> yeah, he fit the bill. <laughs> he fit the bill. That's he it. The bill. I mean, it doesn't matter. You I know, mean, it doesn't yeah. matter if the next guy, you know, across the street would say, I can sing better than him. But you don't fit the bill. Yeah, you don't fit the bill. Yeah, the guy fit the bill. It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. So okay, so now, yeah, move, uh, fast forward again to your mm-hmm. to, so um, so did you? Oh, so you went solo, right? Yeah. 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 So um. The, that was already in U107 times. That's when I. Uh, that's when I started hearing yes. your, your name. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I had a few attempts at becoming, say, a DJ, but I never really had, you know, so so called a focus. Neither, neither the patience to, you know, just to keep on playing the same thing. I know. A man. lot of things were going on in my head, and I couldn't. I I could barely control it. <laughs> you know, and and no disrespect, you know, some people are you know, have been able to make a good living out of it for years. Right. Yeah. Until, well, you're, you would be more of a free form DJ, you know. Well, yeah, I wouldn't Other even hear if I scratched the record. Hey, take that out. Come on. It's yeah. like somebody from the '60s. So let's let's play Bob Dylan for the next two hours. Let's yeah, play exactly. Like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if you uh, do. You, do you remember? Um, do you know Jim Ladd? He's a radio personality here in in here in in, in uh, LA. Mm-hmm. He used to be with KLOS, the classic rock station. Mm-hmm. 
but then you know, I mean, that station wala na, it's Baduina. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I think he's on Sirius XM now. Mm-hmm. But that's what his program was. Because when I first came here to the states, mm-hmm. um, siempre TNT muna. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So I got a job as a security guard, mm-hmm. and my shift was a uh, graveyard shift mm-hmm. in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in um, in in Orange County, in a furniture in a furniture store. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just there. I'm there from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah. And at the time, David Aguirre mm-hmm. had just come over. He he followed me a year later mm-hmm. uh, after I came here. Mm-hmm. So my uncle hired him too. So it was the it was two of us mm-hmm. <laughs> in the car. Yeah. For for I don't know how many months we had that that gig, uh-huh. or maybe weeks. Uh-huh. But every night we would listen to Jim Ladd mm-hmm. on the radio, and that's what he was. He was just free form, dude, free yeah. form. Yeah, it was so cool. I mean, like this is the way radio is supposed to be. Yeah, man. that's my that's my job. Yeah, I mean that's my dream job. If I can do something like that, where they wouldn't mind, it's like having. You know, a forgetful uncle run the radio station, <laughs> whom you don't mind, whom you don't mind because he's cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, who would just play music and just oh, oh, I'm sorry about that. Let me put in a new album, a uh, new record there. Okay, let's do this. Okay, it, it, hey, that's that's the best thing. I yeah, and that and 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 that's how I patterned my my own podcast, my own radio show, WDRS. And it's exactly like that. It's just free form. I'll, and it all depends, man, with me because it's live. I don't have a set list. Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just pull up some songs that I like. I've never I haven't played in a while. Mm-hmm. And then when that it's all about that first song, man. Yeah. It comes if you hit that if you you hit your vibe that you want on that first song, you're good. All the next songs will be like, okay, I know what to do. I know where to go. I know what to do here. You know. You know, so I think the problem the problem now is there's really no relationship anymore between the DJ, the music, and the listener. And the listener, yes. It's it's gone. It's you know? gone. It's, it's gone. It, it, it's like you might as well. That's a template for oh, that DJ can be anything. It could be a computer. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, well I would say. I would say that the new DJ, I mean the new era DJ is the is the live DJ, you know, the like the Tiestos and the Oh yeah, I, I mean even... that, that I mean in terms of playing music and having a relationship with your listener, mm-hmm. then yeah. But of course, you know, you can't also I mean it's different when you're in the, on radio. You know, that's it's... not really a relationship when what is your relationship? Well, we were grooving. Grooving what? What words? Well, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I mean, get it. No, I get like, it. Yeah, yeah right? I, I understand with DJ Tiesto or something like that, or I, I don't even know who they are now. Yeah, exactly. But, wh- where did you meet? On How does it feel? Like a Rolling Stone? Or <laughs> are you Mr. Jones? Stuff like that. That sort right. of yeah. gets embedded in a myth, in the myth of music. Yeah. And and it's gone. There's no. I mean, I understand. 
maybe you don't like the guy, the guy is, you know, slightly detestable or anything like that, but it's a rolling kind of thing. Well, you know, I dig, I dig, everybody digs yeah. until everybody gets out of it getting something. Yeah. I would, I mean, like me, it's like um, that that um, ideal radio station would be just, uh, uh, let's say, to fill up a 24-hour cycle, let's say four DJs in, in yeah. quarters. Uh, and um, f four to six DJs, and, and all of them have their own style, you know, have their own set of records that they go to. Mm -hmm. So it's like from so let's say the first four hours is me, and then you you get this music from me. You get some classic rock. You get some some metal here and there. You get some mm -hmm. Kiss, but you I'll put in John Coltrane too. Mm -hmm. So it's I'm weird like that. And then yeah. maybe the next shift it's Binky Lampano shift, and you have the thing. So the the, the personality of the DJ is in the music that he plays. Yeah. And, and and the thing is, why not have somebody there to talk about the music to? Exactly. You know, yes. Besides the DJ. Come on, talk like the old days. Let's talk about this music. What makes right. you know, okay, hey, have a sip first. Okay. Let's talk about this. What what got you into this? I, mm. I mean, I, I would appreciate that because now I'm not really focused anymore. I'm completely my my I have to really uh, separate myself for about six months to get back into focus. Uh -huh. I, my my capacity for music now has been substantially diminished. That you know, even when I think about, I used to relish the the thought of, oh, I can I can go on stage and and sing. But now, when I think of it. I can go on stage. What am I gonna do? I guess I'm just gonna shut up and, you know, just bolt and run. I, I mean, I remember there are these stories, the these fantastic stories I've heard of uh, some artists back then from uh, from friends of mine or acquaintances uh, acquaintances of mine, and there's there's one. Uh, I don't know if you heard of John Martin. He's a great uh, uh, British uh, folk jazz singer. He's really, really good, mm -hmm. and he's yeah, he's deep, really, really deep. But anyway, apparently, one time when this friend of mine saw him, what John Martin did was look at the audience and then throw up on stage. Oh <laughs> my! God, <laughs> and I heard stories of, you know, Van Morrison in the seventies from guys who saw him in the from a guy who saw him in the seventies, and, and and told me he saw him at Madison Square Garden, and apparently Van Morrison had his back turned to the audience the whole gig, and you know the, these are the things that these are relationship formings. Why would you go there? I mean, I've I've seen Van Morrison a couple of times, uh -huh. and the most memorable thing to to these concerts for me was, you know, in Vegas, you had these you had these young ladies being squired by older men, 
and obviously you know what what the deal is yeah and and the young ladies were tuned out hey, who, who the hell is this guy he looked like a midget neil diamond you know oh van, van morrison you know had his you know eyebrows i i don't know what who who even gave him the idea to have his eyebrows like that. But he was wearing these big-ass Miles Davis-like glasses uh-huh. and playing and playing on the piano. And I was thinking, who the hell is this? Is this Neil Diamond? <laughs> <laughs> and then when the music was, you know, when the music was almost, uh, you know, I think it was his final tune, all of these... Uh, white ladies you know these middle-aged white ladies came up on stage and saying more 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 and the guy did what you know what the guy did he just left (laughs) (laughs) he didn't even even acknowledge anybody what the fuck (laughs) what the hell (laughs) yeah he did his thing and got out of there man yeah that's i'm thinking of music i i gotta even until now, I, I can't wrap my head around, you know, I got to be on stage. I, even if I like singing with my friends, I feel like I just want to go home. Uh-huh. I, I really have that feeling. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 know, what you, I know what you mean, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just times that you just don't want to do it, man, you know. And so until maybe again the spirit moves you. Yeah. Well, maybe. But, you know, I... I I sort of had this deal uh, with myself when I was younger. I won't stay a second more or a second longer if, you know, it's not there. Because that would be dishonest. And, and I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> so anyway, um, when I met these guys here, these old timers here, I, where did where did you meet them in here in Los Angeles? Yeah, I, I was playing in Crenshaw. I was singing in Crenshaw and all these places where, you know, you had these uh, these jams, and you had these uh, journeyman musicians and old timers from the doo wop era. You know, some of them on their, but man, they were sharp. Oh, when when one of those guys, I remember one guy who used to be with the Penguins. It was a, an L.A. Uh, they were an L.A. act uh, mm-hmm. from the doo-wop era. But, geez, when th- this guy sang, I didn't want to sing anymore. I said, you know, you have no business being here on stage. What are you going to do? You know, <laughs> no way, man. No way. <laughs> And this guy was like a blunt instrument, man. He was just like pummeling you with, with, you know, with the rhythm in in his voice, the force in his voice, the clarity. Uh huh. And these are the things that I, you know, bore in mind. And they, they, they sort of crystallized. Well, if I'm gonna form a band, it's gonna be like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's when. You know, I, I started courting my my team, and that's why I had Edwin for guitar, Vergara, Simon, who's now the premier bass, one of the premier bass players in the Philippines. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He was it, that he was that thin guy. He was thin, right? No, 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 no. 
Uh, yeah, thin. He was You're... thin back then. <laughs> yeah, back then, back then. When I saw when I saw you guys play, yeah, I remember. Yeah, you like, yes. Like this guy's so thin, man. <laughs> Jojo and Jojo on drums and Tom Colvin on harmonica. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. And we have a revolving cast of uh, guests, you know, who were mostly expats. One was Anders, who's really a great harmonica player from from uh, Sweden. Who uh, ran uh, Lux or Electrolux Marketing? Oh. <laughs> and another one was the headmaster of uh, IS, Brian McCauley, who played both uh, saxophone and trumpet. Wow! Yeah, and th those were. I, I think, for what it's worth, I would rather have had the alley around that era, sort of encased in amber. In, in the memory of people of mu music, and, and we're we're talking about uh, Lampano Alley, right? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. And the end of so, the yeah. So how did you how did you find these guys, and how did you know that these guys like the you know blues music? Well, I wouldn't say that exactly, but I sold the idea to them. So. Um, some of them were sort of mates from way back, you know, New Wave. They were doing things, and, you know, we were all doing things. And I just sort of, you know, sort of extrapolated from there. You know, what can they do beyond this? Because obviously you can't, you know, I mean, what happened to New Wave was like now, for the most part, it's a sideshow act. You know, all these guys that, you know, back in the day, say, if you were gigging at Benedictine Abbey, uh -huh. <laughs> they would have these staples of uh, modern English, right? Right. And, and now you just go to, basically, you, you go to uh, a park and you can see them play for free. Oh, yeah. And, and, and modern you, <laughs> the yeah, actual modern English. <laughs> yeah, and you realize that basically they're, geez, they're hand to mouth as much as you are now. Yeah. They are, they are basically gunning for every possible gig that they can get. Yeah. Whether it be at a skate park, whether it be just a gig. Yeah. Geez, I don't want to end up, I didn't want to end up like that. Right. It's like you, you know, I, I got to get myself. A real day job. <laughs> a real day job, yeah. So I can do my art, you know? Yeah, if you could do that, at least you can do it on your time. Yeah. You know, you're not always stressing out for, where are you going to get the next buck? Yeah. You know, obviously, everybody's grinding to it. You you, you got the, you know, you, you got everybody's good looks. You maybe have the girls, if you're lucky. Yeah. Or... or or whatever but eventually at the end of the day hey you gotta pay the bills at the end of the month oh fuck yeah man right you gotta keep those lights on man yeah what 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 are we gonna do just do devil horns and then you know when we go over in tears <laughs> what the hell man it's a, another 500 buck night yeah man i mean yeah i mean that's the reality of it i mean that's the one thing that I discovered when I came here to the States. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, you know how it is uh, back home, back in the Philippines. Um, the mere fact that there is already a backline when you get to the bar. Yeah, exactly. 
it's like that's half the battle already <laughs> and uh and then if um and then you get you get even not if if you don't get paid by cash you at least get paid uh with some food if if the bar had a kitchen you know yeah yeah it's like here man you got you ain't nothing you bring your shit you pay for your gas and you sometimes don't get paid man you haul ass and that's it (laughs) oh my god yeah i i tell you and then i'm sorry and then um and then also the, the the idea of touring because I would, we would um, back in the day, you know, three-headed dog mm-hmm. or locomotive. We would play gigs, uh, and with other bands, and then we would, you know, make friends with the other bands, and they would be touring. They'd be like, "Oh, we're from the East Coast." I'm like, "What the? You, mm-hmm. what? You drove all the way here to California from the East yeah. Coast?" I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, and then, and then, and then, I mean, you know, they weren't. I didn't know who they were. They weren't famous, mm-hmm. you know. They had their own van. They had to squeeze it all in the van. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, shit, man. Because um, when I came here to the states, I was already in my 30s. Uh huh. So you know, touring at that at that time <laughs> to me it was like, oh my god, that's that's hard work. It's These a are, drudgery, that, that yeah. meant for 18 year olds, 20 year olds, 23 yeah. year old man. <laughs> You know, you have all these these assistants, these production assistants right? who, who would do your every bidding, you know, yep. maybe even haul ass for you. Yeah. Right? Right, yeah. But but here, it's like the first time I remember I got in the 90s, and I saw, you know, all these players and they had their own equipment. I was wondering, why, do, why are they hauling their their own equipment? Yeah. I said, why wouldn't they? <laughs> so the guy yeah. was, why wouldn't they? That's the stuff. That's the real thing. <laughs> I mean, you call yourself drummer and you don't have drums? Yeah. Dude, I didn't that? dude in Wolfgang, I didn't have any drums until the friggin' fourth album, dude. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? I don't know. I didn't have my own drum set until our fourth album. And I'm thinking, yeah, we're luckier in Manila. We owe so much luck here. We're luckier there, but you got to remember, as as opposed to to America. I mean, Manila. You know, you can tour that as many times as you want, and after that, you've seen everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Manila's a small town, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then after that, what are you gonna do next time? Will you eat fire? Will you do some? (laughs) Exactly. I mean. Look, I don't know if audiences really have that focus, you know, as much as everything about modern life now has ruined that. Right. You know, I remember when I was singing the blues in 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 Crenshaw with with all these bands. It, I didn't know what the the f I was talking about, but I just sang and people listened. Yes. They nobody was fidgeting on their phone. Well, yeah. you know, that was before that, but you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. they really, and that was, I said, that's the attention that I require. Mm-hmm. That's what I want from my band. That's why when, when, when the alley came out, you know, a lot of people think, you know, I'm kind of odd, weird, annoying, 
you know, in the least bit, or at 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 worst, uh, they 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 found me really. This guy is a mofo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it's only because that uh, you were really because I because I got it when I first saw you live. I got it right away. I got it that you were expressing yourself. It wasn't an act. I knew it wasn't an act because I knew, okay, this guy is is he's express, express expressing himself like Filipinos don't express themselves. It's like drawing out the devil, but you know when you get off that, when you get off the stage, you gotta pull the devil back in. Yeah, and and and, and it's hard. It, yeah, and and I gotta be always 150 percent and doing that sometimes takes its toll on your oh, psyche yeah. and your relationships because of course obviously people will have their 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 views on hey that's just a gig mm. but you know you're thinking that but there's no tomorrow yeah right it could be my last gig man yeah but you when know. you're out of it, it's like being a soldier. You know, when you're out of the war, you're looking for it because it's hard to pull back. Yeah. It's, you got to learn. And, and perhaps, you know, the better part of maybe us growing up would be learning how to pull that back. And mm -hmm. to be, you know, now we're on this, we're just trying to be decent people, decent human beings. You know, yeah. we realize life is short, you know. The gig is up, it's done. Yeah. You now we're off it. And how are we gonna deal with life as we know it? You know, as how we know are we it. gonna deal with people whom we appreciate or care about? And yeah. That's what I that's where I am now. And mm -hmm. you know, I just still thank my lucky stars, you know. I'm yeah. learning lessons every day. <laughs> Music is still beautiful. There is still I, I got a lot of it in you know, I wish I could sit sit again and just listen to it all day. Right. Now you have all these mundane concerns like making, you know, making bacon. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, I got to listen to this, but, you know, uh, my students are waiting for me. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and a racket is starting because I'm not there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's life, man. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice like uh, like the the Beach Boys songs? Like, wouldn't it be nice yeah. to just yeah. I can listen to music all day long, man? Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it's just that you know we we have that we we still I I think eventually you know as I I, I grew older and you know I'm past I'm past the midpoint. And I'm thinking now, not that I haven't been thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about, I was thinking about all these things about how life was short when I was in my 20s. Mm -hmm. But, you know, of all things that was, that would be, that I would be wet on when it was raining, it wasn't really the aptitude right. <laughs> to, to go through, through, through life, you know, as, as regularly as I can, it I had to learn it. Yeah, and I, we we have for some folks maybe you have to do a tooth and nail. 
so that that the music there is just you know it's helping you out it's making you also pull back and make you think that yeah the music is this and you can it's good to summon out the demons because you have to take them out you have but to take them also, out you have to take them out for a walk man yeah <laughs> you have to walk on the wild side yeah and then come back then because come back. Because that's the only way you know your worth. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah. it's it's the balance. I mean, it goes yeah. back to the balance of life. It's like, you know, I know what you mean, man. Because when I perform, dude, I'm like, I tell people, it's like, you want to see the real me, you look, you watch me perform. That's yeah. the 110% yeah. full expression of my soul that I can give. I cannot give more than that. Mm-hmm. And then aside from, like you said, breathing fire or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know doing cartwheels you know yeah or doing cartwheels you know but you know so so yeah but when that last note happened um you know the bap and then the you hear the crowd roar yeah. and then you say your bias you throw drumsticks into the crowd uh, and then you're adrenalized you get into the and then when you go uh, back into the hotel room you just let it go man just leave it out there yeah that's because the problem with yeah, you can't bring those demons. With, you can't bring that yeah. demon back with you because then you're gonna yeah. party all night long. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in, in my case, I didn't want to party out long anymore, but the demons were still there, mm-hmm. and so all my life has been the, the quest for at least a night of perfect sleep, and I, I have a few nights of really perfect sleep. Yeah. It's worse than being, let's say, you know, the worst criminal in the world. Maybe they can sleep better. But, you know, because of my condition, I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. And when I can't sleep, you hallucinate, man. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. And that's what happens. It's like you're insane when you just can't sleep. Yeah. And half of the time you're living in your head. Meanwhile, people think that you're a jackass because how come this guy just, you know, says all these things? Because... You're, you're on the edge, man. <laughs> you, you haven't slept. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I was in Singapore. We, oh, we wow. played, uh, we played uh, what's this? Um, uh, Mosaic Music, you know, the, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The subsidiary yeah. of uh, of Montreux Jazz Festival, right? Mosaic Music, man. We, we were, I was so high. You know, on adrenaline. My 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 mates told me, "Oh, we're we're heading out. How about you?" I said, I, "I'm just going back to the hotel. I just want to sleep." <laughs> so I went to the hotel, soaked myself in a tub, did that. I still couldn't sleep until the next day. We had to leave for for Manila. I haven't slept until I got home. Holy shit! And that was like I was going on for more about forty eight hours. And people think, what? Are you a mess on something? No, I, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm looking for is sleep. And so, you you know, you... you couple That's a good subtitle, man. Yeah. And, and you couple that with drinking to try to get to sleep, and you yeah. can't. Shit. You just got drunk. And yeah, exactly. And oh, my God. What are you going to do, man? Yeah. What are you going to do? I I had no shoot. 
I had no wherewithal. So it's a condition that I had to deal with. Uh, I I still deal with, mm-hmm. and I know I will have to deal with for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. And and like anything, at some point you just accept the fact. Well, there's nothing I can do about that. If I can't sleep, well, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to. Uh, I'm just gonna. I I think the the best thing I can do is what, you know, relax regardless. It, try to do that and and, and yeah. try to be you know these are challenges yeah i said i'm not even rock and roll anymore and i still have these rock and roll symptoms man right <laughs> rock and roll symptoms yeah that's right <laughs> it's I'm, I'm the same way man i sleep yeah. at 3 a.m dude yeah. i sleep at 3 a.m i can't help it I mean, you know, I mean, because I've been sleeping at 3 a.m. since fucking <laughs> since I started playing music, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because that's the life. The, those are the hours. Those are the musicians' hours, you know. Well, now I try to cut that. But you know, all that being said, as we we got into our music, that was sort of you know the ebb and flow, and and man, every time we played the blues, the blues, and this and that. And I, I would think in my head all the corners of music, of that the music that we're playing, and I would be like a a uh, a rat in a maze, trying to look for all possible exits mm-hmm. in every possible nook and cranny of that maze. And that's how my mind works. And sometimes I, I would go on stage. It's like you have a picture, and that's it. You're seized by that more than what you have on the crowds and, and it, it can be muddy but you can sing muddy your way you can sing you know sunny boy your way you can sing what whatever your way but but the thing is that's it you know i found the bag that i was in mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately you know like i said some things have shelf life yeah, and and that's it. How long so, how long did Lampano Ali uh, well, last? Well, we we lasted from ninety. Uh, we we started around ninety seven, and uh, twenty fifteen. Off and on, we were off and on after uh, two thousand. We were off and on. Yeah, well, you were last, living here already, right? Yeah, last gig was uh, in Memphis, the blues competition in Memphis. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The national blues uh, competition in Memphis. Yes, I remember that. And that was it. And I think that I saw the end of my road. I was ill. You know, I had these uh, issues with, uh, you know, cardiovascular issues. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was impaired. I was... You know, I had an injury, which I still nurse until now. I mean, I, I have a cane I have to use from now. I'm trying to wean myself off, uh, off of it. But really, it's uh, it's just a, a part of my life now. I have yeah, to right. it. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, you're, you are a blues man, so shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> if... if yeah, I mean, if 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 there's anyone who's felt the blues, it's you, man. Shit. 
Well, you know, I mean, literally feeling it, you know. Well, now, I, I would say, you know, I appreciate this. I appreciate meeting folks like, like yourself, whom I would have had all the time in the world back then, but for some reason, we never really crossed paths. No, and, not at and, all. And, and some of you guys who might have thought that, you know, I'm kind of standoffish or I have these things going on in my head because mm. it was all jumbled up back then. Yeah. Now it's clear. Now it's, you know, you're more appreciative of things. You can, you know, yeah. walk slowly and smell the flowers. You know? I guess, I guess, I guess during that, during that time, me, I know, I know what you're talking about, about your, your, your persona being, um, you know, standoffish or whatever, mm -hmm. but I heard, I, I heard, I heard those things before I saw you play in weekend. It was weekends mm -hmm. live, mm -hmm. so I guess your reputation preceded preceded you. <laughs> that, you know, I don't know because it did with me. Yeah, I, I, you, I heard about you before I saw you, mm -hmm. but then when I saw you play, when I saw you sing, I was like, I did. I was like, this is cool, man. I mean, he's. And then that, and in my head, it's like, yeah, this guy is expressing himself the way, in a way that Filipinos don't usually do. So maybe, maybe that's why it comes off as like that. But to me, he, you were to me at the even at the time, I would look, I, I can remember feeling, I'm like, he's just expressing himself, man. I mean, and I would rather see someone express express themselves like that rather than kind of. Taking, taking time until the fifth song to really, you know, it's like with you. It's like one, two, three, four, boom. Here's my soul, fuckers. Deal with it, you I know. know. <laughs> Which I appreciate, you know. Well, yeah. well, I, I I appreciate that that there are you know folks like yourself who who, who see it that way, but you know it's really uh, I I don't fault anybody but myself you know that's it you know i never had that aptitude some say you know it's a, an emotional uh, intelligence or something uh, a, a, uh, a stage uh, emotional stage intelligence of some sort mm -hmm. but when i'm sort of focused on the music and i'm running rings around it i forget that yeah and, oh yeah because you're in the zone like anybody you know, so much as taps you, you're jolted out of your, 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 you know, your trance, or, you know, you, man, your trance or your misery or yeah. something like that. I remember, yeah, because I remember, dude, I remember, I remember this, I can re see it right now. Mm -hmm. And you were even waving your fingers like this. Mm -hmm. You were waving your fingers because you were making, you were really, you, <laughs> it's like, this guy knows what the fuck he's, the lyrics are. History, he means what he's saying because he's pointing at people. He, he's waving his finger. You know, that I can I can still picture it in my mind's eye right now. There, you there. waving your finger like that with while you know while reciting whatever lyrics those were, because there, you felt those lyrics, man. There, you know. there is there is an element of our culture that 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 makes us refuse being having our feet held to the fire by mm -hmm. art by and, art yes yeah it, it kind of well you know it makes me think or it makes you what the hell is this guy saying i, I guess this guy is crazy it's like one time i had a write-up like that he was too drunk 
and guy maybe half re- didn't half realize that I was getting drunk because I didn't like what I was seeing and I just wanted to be out of it completely. But you know, even then I realized I can't do that forever. I I had to find something. I had to you know, I had to it's like you go back to home. You know, when once you got you got to find that one. <laughs> you got to find that one, man. You got to find that one, yeah. Yeah, if it takes you all all your life, man, yeah. you got to find that one. Yeah. And when, once once you get it and maybe and hopefully, you know, you have again your your lucky stars to thank, you will keep on doing it and you will keep on practicing doing one until you perfect it and thus at at the end of the road that you take, you know, you you have become a better person. And I think yeah. that's that's what music is all about eventually. I, I think it's not only reminding us that we're such miserable bastards or <laughs> whatnot, but it's also reminding us what it might be like this, but there's, you know, there's a light at the end of this tunnel that we're all chasing or that right. we're all expecting. You know, it doesn't matter. It might be the darkest music that you're, you're, it's like what, when you think about it, uh, what is this band? Uh, Mars Volta? Yeah. Have, have you listened to them? Mars yeah, Volta? I love the Mars Volta. Yeah, yeah. Like, shoot, it's like stream of consciousness. What the hell is this guy saying? Exactly. Right? And, it's like, and it's like, and, and at, 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 at first, I mean, if, if you, if for the untrained ear, mm-hmm. it would sound like chaos. Yeah. But for the trained musician, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's well, like, it's, it's controlled chaos, which is like yeah. the best kind of chaos, man. <laughs> what is happening? What are they searching for? Yeah. That's it. And I think in many ways, we're all like that in different forms, in different variations. It's a search, you know? Uh, you know some get too dark. You know, some want to end their search right away. Right. Fortunately, the likes of... The Hendrixes, the the Jim Morrison's, the Janis Joplin's, the Kurt Cobain's, the Robert Johnsons of this world, you know, who 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 went before their time. Yeah. But, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse. Yeah, Amy Winehouse, the Twenty Seven Club, they call yeah. it. Yeah, dude, you know what? I mean, Amy Winehouse, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like every time because uh, one her album is one of my favorite albums yeah and every time i play it i'm like tangina sayang pare Talaga. so you, sayang pare and you're, you're saying it's like fuck man i think her final music was just basically to perfect her her personality or, or her person yeah and 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 i don't know what happened i can't say she failed i can't but I, I, I mean, I, I think may, maybe it would be, I don't know, man, because she was after that album, she just became a superstar. And yeah. if you can't handle superstardom, you're going to fuck, yeah. you're going to die, man. Exactly. That's the whole thing. A lot, yeah. of, a lot are good. You know, a lot have, you know, it's that potential, that initial uh, explosion of consciousness about, say, an, an artist. Or an art, but then you know the art itself doesn't have that much of a momentum to go on. It's like it's got to be distilled, like Amy Winehouse. This is it, and after that, I'm out. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, drop the mic. It's yeah, like it's that. like, how are you going to top that album, man? Yeah. I mean, that's part of the pressure. It's like, shit, I gave everything yeah. to that album. What am I going to do now? Yeah. So she has to, she has to, like you said, find the one again. Yeah. And she and was probably just having the hardest time finding the one again, you know? Yeah. yeah. And there are many artists like that yeah and, you know l- lately i've been listening to older and older music and stuff when you know music was like when when i we were doing music when i was a child and it was just like a campfire and i was listening to neil diamond and i was saying why the hell am i even listening to this but i listened jesus i said and this guy was on something you know around that time yeah like you know the likes of carol king and 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 all the rest of these uh dude yeah or Bacharach, you know and you think of that and it doesn't matter i i think it's like saying hey you're an asshole if you don't like Bacharach. <laughs> yeah know? i mean yeah i mean <laughs> i mean bert Bacharach. that's one of the earliest music that i loved yeah because it was so it was so nice to it listen was, to, man. It was pure, man. It was just pure. It was pure, yeah. It, it, the initial onset of, of, of the Beatles, it was so pure. It was all it. And I understand why I have these guys who saw that I, I know these folks, my father included, who saw the Beatles in 66. Wow. And I was a few months old. They saw the Beatles at at Rizal Memorial, mm-hmm. and and they told me the experience until now, which they basically carry until now. They of course they they have to relive it. That they can't go beyond that. They they stop, you know, from there, and and it's now it's like time stopped for them. Yeah. And, if you re, if you th- really if you think about it, man. Who, whoever saw the Beatles with their own eyes are the luckiest fuckers in the world. I tell you. Because the, that band did not last long. You know, I even know a, uh, a side story to that during their, their, their Manila trip. Okay? I actually met the guy. And uh, I think his last name is... He's uh, from a from a well-known family back then, the Hidalgos, mm-hmm. the Hidalgo family. But uh, I think his dad, this guy was even uh, took lessons under Segovia back in the 60s, okay? Maestro Segovia. Uh, they're Spaniards anyway. So, but short of it was his dad was one of the producers of the Beatles, so the he show. went to yeah, Manila Hotel and was introduced by his dad to the Beatles mm. and told uh, told John Lennon or something, or, hey, this is my son, and he plays guitar. And shit you not, he has one of the guitars. He, I think it was John who gave him a guitar. Oh, and shit, he has John Lennon's guitar? In, in the Philippines. That's what he claims. That's what he told me. Holy shit. And he and still I, has it? And I, I, 
apparently he pawned it to an uncle or something. Oh, come on. Well, okay. At least it's oh, with okay. the... You haven't heard that story, but that's... This is, man, I swear. Yeah. That's the story. Wow. Yeah. Cool, man. I mean, I mean, um, a few years ago, um, I went to San Francisco because mm-hmm. uh, my parents wanted to... My mom wanted to visit her friend over there. Mm-hmm. Um and so we took a road trip mm-hmm. and I, I was with my brother and it was uh the weekend of outside lands mm-hmm. which is the, the music festival they have up there in sf mm-hmm. and paul mccartney was headlining mm-hmm. saturday night mm-hmm. so we were there saturday night but we didn't have tickets so we didn't so we just stayed outside yeah to listen yeah to listen and i'm like i'm like i'm just like nudging my brother man it's like dude that's Paul fucking McCartney, man. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the fucking Beatles we're listening to right now. Yeah. I'm like, Tangina. So, okay, I, so imagine if you actually are there watching. Yeah. yeah. And the, you know, the beauty of it is like Paul McCartney was on tour before all of this COVID shit happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Ringo Starr still plays. So the two Beatles, you can still watch the two yeah. Beatles if you oh, wanted yeah. to, man. It, uh, you know, it, I, I think this pandemic has really pulled the rug from under everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody's affected by it. Of course, more so us, because, you know, we're, we're, we're just close to the bottom. We're slightly in the middle. But, you know, anything might happen anytime. Expect the worst. Yeah. And that's us. But I'm thinking, on the other hand, you know, th- this time that we're we're spending now at home with our loved ones or anything of that sort, you know, it's time for us to be. It's a good time for us to you know take stock of ourselves. You know what really matters in life. Look at this. You know, there's no rock and roll. Yeah. Right? Let's say if you're doing bands, uh, have we stopped becoming ourselves when the music stopped, or are yeah. we? Still oh yeah, ourselves? exactly. Yeah, that's right? a good point. Yeah, or are we still? Yeah, we're still talking about music we in the last one hour and 30 minutes we just basically ran through the whole yeah <laughs> we from theaters from but we're talking about music it's music yeah yeah <laughs> so, so i'm saying well yeah we're learning to be maybe to be more in touch with our real nature that's what i'm thinking right now, now oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure a lot of people yeah i'm sure a lot of people have you know discovered a lot about themselves during this 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 time you know you know your capacity for endurance your capacity for care you know your capacity for bullshit yeah your capacity for bullshit you 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 take whatever's going on you know whatever shows happening behind you know in the background you you try to and focus on really what matters is yes your circle yes and what can we do you know these are really yeah but no you're right i mean at the end of the at the end of the day man what can we do yeah but you know things come and go yeah you know lest they be you know anybody be too arrogant with the fact that you know they think that just because maybe you're the boss now, you'll still be the boss tomorrow. Yeah. Things change. Yeah. Nothing lasts forever, man. Yeah. It's like you. You were doing, you know, you were all right with Wolfgang. One minute, the next minute, you're here. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And 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 when you're there, when you're in the middle of it, you're like, oh dude, this is never gonna end. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you always think like that. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that, you know, sort of kept me at least holding my feet to the fire in terms of my music because I always think this is gonna end. Yeah. This is not going to be forever. I mean, it's like you're witnessing a once it's like you're seeing a, a, a rare eclipse and that eclipse happened mm -hmm. and some guy was too late. So somebody comes up to me, when, when are you gigging again? You know, I really miss you. I said, well, did I meet you in the old days? No. Well, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? Recreate that for you. <laughs> I'm old. I said, I'm out of step. Yeah. What can I do? Well, that, that. that's another thing. It's like, I'm sure so many people are just, I mean, both musicians and audience are just like, um, it's like, shit, man. The next concert I'm going to go to, I'm, I'm going to fucking pay attention to the band and not just go there to drink and hang out with my buddies. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because they've experienced the thing. Dude, by this time in from let's say January, uh, October, I would have watched like five major concerts by now. I mean, major, major arena, stadium concerts, dude. Mm -hmm. And I, and it's like, oh my god! And and then I I picture in my mind the past concerts that I've been to, and I'm like, oh my god! I miss watching bands. I miss playing. I'm. It's just. And, <laughs> And the thing is, I don't take it for granted. Every time I go to a show, I'm in it, man. Mm -hmm. I'm I am exercising my demons when I go to concerts, yeah. dude. <laughs> and um, so I'm sure. And then, so I really I don't take it for granted. But there are a lot, you know. When I observe, I I'm also an observer of other people. What was the last gig you saw, anyway? Oh shit! The last gig. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Um, I uh shit. I'm not sure, man. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember. It's been so long already. I'm not even sure anymore. I think the last gig I saw was Pat Bissini at U UCLA. You know, I I take my hat off to guys like yourself who can actually go to arenas or big stadiums because I can't stand, you know, large places. It right, right. I, yeah. I'm sort of a bacteriophobe and yeah. even before this pandemic, I just hate being there. You know, it's, if I'm going there, I don't want to have any responsibility at all about driving home because if I go there, I just want to lose myself. And I yeah. can't. Yeah. You so, can't, you so cannot. Just, yeah. You You're going to get into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> so you just check out these small gigs. And for the most part, I just go to either Catalina Jazz Bar or I go to Pat Metheny or, or to UCLA where I can catch, I used to catch a lot of good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I remember there is, you know, catching one of my favorite saxophone players, so Charles Lloyd. And he's really, he, I think he's in his 80s now, but shit. It's like having, it's like meeting your guru. 
and he speaks to you you know each each everything he does on his saxophone he does it you know he, he does it more than say a guy who can play 50,000 notes per bar and he just does it and you you have that giving that that out outward flowing soul yeah Man, that was one of you know still in my books one of the best gigs i've ever been to yeah one thing that i like about you know because i i like I'm, i don't mind you know arenas and stadiums like that i, I i'm I don't get freaked out with with a lot of people, but um, one thing I I noticed is that um, when someone in that like like I remember uh, Gary Clark Jr. Mm-hmm. opened for uh, Foo Fighters one time. Yeah. yeah. So we got there to catch a set, mm-hmm. and it's a huge arena. And not not everyone was inside, you know. People were still drinking and eating outside, mm-hmm. and um, but whoever was there, and then he started playing, you know. And he, this guy is, is like that. He's no holds barred. He's like, mm-hmm. and then he's just playing. Mm-hmm. When I, I get how you you know in a small venue, the intimate mm-hmm. thing, and then someone's expressing themselves, like you can feel it, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. But when it's in a, in an arena like that. Mm-hmm. And he is pouring it out, and there's like ten thousand people who are, and it's not the whole audience yet, because you know. So, uh-huh. but it's a, a lot of people already, you know. Connecting. So ten thousand people are just watching this guy, and they they're reacting to it, mm-hmm. and and it's a nice it's a nice feeling because you it's a it's a whole it's ten thousand people just yeah when that's he a- and 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 that feeling's like oh wow. All these other people felt that lick. They yeah. felt that guitar lick, man. So that's what I miss about about going to concerts, man. It's that communal, yeah, that communal uh, e- expression and acceptance of love mm-hmm. through the music, man. There's this 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 one gig that I watched. The singer of the Black Crows, Chris Robinson, mm-hmm. and his band, Chris Robinson Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And it's a jam band, you know, yeah. uh, improv, jamming, jamming. <clears throat> that gig was, it was in a small um, venue here in Orange County. Mm-hmm. It was so good, man, mm-hmm. that everybody, everybody in the audience was hugging and and high-fiving. Mm-hmm. It was just so good. Feeling, feeling were hugging good. and high-fiving yeah. and like, man, that was so fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like, that was like the first time I ever saw something, uh, experienced something like that when the audience, total strangers to one another, were just like agreeing that, wow, that show was just wow. Did you feel that, man? It's like, yeah, yeah. I felt it, man. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that feeling. That when, when that, that feeling comes. Uh, I forget. When, when was the last time? I think that was, a, you know, Sting in Manila. I think the first time was like that. That was the feeling. Oh, really? Yeah, when Sting came to Manila the first time. The second time was not so much because, you know, the, the crowd was too, you know, too spread out or something to, mm-hmm. to get that. Um, yeah, that was, that was essentially, yeah, that was the feel. That was really good. 
uh yes it's like when you're it's like when you're um watching a sporting event and yeah. the guy it i mean and then you know let's say you know your your team scores the winning basket yeah and the people in the in the robe people in the robe um in front of you are high-fiving you they're high-fiving each other they're high-fiving everybody it's the you know it's like <laughs> collective celebration yeah that's it yes yeah so even yeah. if you're total strangers you're just like yeah man you know that feeling i miss that's the that's yeah. what i miss about yeah. going to live shows I wish, you know, one day, yeah, I can do that again, but, you know, more, from, in my case, you know, maybe even more sedate. You know, <laughs> sedate. So yeah, that's, for <laughs> me, it would be more, yeah, more, more, uh, what's this, button up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or something like that. Yeah. Something even, like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean. But mm. try, try to look like a distinguished uh Legislator, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, oh my god, that's not that's not that's not the in thing nowadays, Pat. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not you know. But I, I I look forward to that again one day, even if I'm just taking pictures or or, or you know taking taking photos. I mean, yeah, I'm man. happy with that. It's like when when I caught you guys, it gave me something at least even if i'm not doing music i'm close to the music and it's still music mm -hmm. you know it's uh, there are two different things because for some people because they think that well you're not on stage well you don't really have to be on stage yeah your your spirit is there man you just have to be there in spirit you just yeah have to, you just have to essentially dig in that's it it's like your plate that's that's been handed to you. What are you gonna do? Not eat from it? <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. On. What, what do you want the guy to do? To feed him? To yeah. feed you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Happen. <laughs> no, and, 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 and that's and that's the thing. It's like the mere your mere presence there I that night was it was like, okay, cool, man. We're here. This is the first. This is probably, I think that was the first electric show of, of uh, Melodies. Mm -hmm. And um, you were there. So yeah. it's like, okay, Binky's here, man. I mean, if, if Dave was there, if Paco was there, then there, even though you're not playing, you're there. Yeah. The presence I, is I, there. I, that, I just, you know, you know. You, you, I can hang out. Yeah. I, I can really, I can do that. It's just sad, you know, the uncle I hang out with, you know, he passed on early this oh. year. So, you know, I there'd be one, one less company when yeah. when I check out your, the gigs. Oh, right, right, right. But, you know, whatever happens, I, I think, you know, this pandemic is going to end. And obviously, some folks, hope, hopefully, we are among the folks who will be emerging from this stronger, right, mm -hmm. wiser, yeah, in many respects, you know, more caring of others. Yes. Than you know, than the others who will obviously fail. Yeah. <laughs> judging from how they behave now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I really hope that 
you know, or at least the world becomes more circumspect about things. Hey, hey, finally we realize that we're all connected. One gets sick, and before you know it, it's Everyone like a chain sick. letter. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. How the hell did that happen? Yeah. Right? It's the only it's it in our lifetimes. And and even even our parents' lifetimes mm-hmm. has this happened. Because yeah. the the last time there was something like this was Spanish flu, mm-hmm. which was in the 1910s. Mm-hmm. So none of the people who are alive now weren't there, yeah. no matter how old they are, yeah. unless they're really old. <laughs> I mean, unless well, they're my, my grandma. In fact, uh-huh. uh, just for the record, you know, she just turned a hundred this month. Holy or last shit! Month. Yeah. Oh she, my god, dude! And, and she was quarantined because she caught it from one of her her caregivers. Holy right? shit! Yeah, but, it, but she, she made it. She, she survived? Yeah, she's made of stern stuff, you know? Damn. I, I, I take it from uh, Gene Simmons. He said, you know, my parents, uh, what's, what's this he said recently? Oh, my parents experienced World War II. If they see how, how we behave now, they will think we were crackheads. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> they, yeah. I, guess, I guess that's how it is. Dude, if those guys who 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 died in World War II would see these fucking Nazis now, these they no. would be they, they'd be the ones to sh- to shoot well, these well, fuckers, yeah, man. I, don't know. I fucking died for your shit, and you're yeah. gonna do this shit, man. Well, anyway, but but <laughs> it's it's shame, you know, Sean. Yeah. It's, it's a shame, but but you but like like you, I always look on the like you know the Monty Python song. You always look on the bright side of life, yeah, you know, yeah. because you always have to hope. Because if there's no hope, then what the fuck are you doing it for, right? Yeah, <laughs> we, we got to find a way to keep on. You know, um, it's like, you know, I know that at some point we're all gonna go downhill, mm-hmm. but we're in no rush. Yeah, we're in no rush. Exactly, man. That's the thing. We're in a rush. We just want to enjoy life, man. Yeah, I understand. You know, we're all going. We're all we're all going, whether yeah. we like it or not. But what I'm saying is, I don't need to speed up the process. This is not an immigration case. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you go ahead. Let me just, you know, I'll, I'll I'll walk slowly and smell the flowers. I don't mind if I'm limping. That's life. Yeah, man. And with music, too. I, I really wish you guys and whoever's going to be the guest on your program um, at, at some point, you know, I, I wish you all the best. And, you know, uh, gather us all together. Let's, you know, have a huddle or something and go, play music or something and comment. Bystand like, uh, you know, the, those two Muppets in Muppet Show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah, the two old dudes in the balcony. Yeah, we, we can be that. Oh man, that's shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the oh, peanut gallery, we, man. Yeah, we can do peanut gallery stuff. <laughs> but, uh, Dude, you know, you know what I want to happen in the Philippines, and I can't do it because I'm not a comedian. I can't write a joke for shit to save my life. But they should bring back six o'clock news. Do you remember six o'clock oh, yeah. news? Hell yeah. 
Dude, Before that pre that fucking predates the Daily Show of John Stewart yeah. by what, fifteen years? Yeah. Diba? Yeah. Oh my God, that show. Oh. Yes. Yeah. If they could only, I mean, if they could, that I I I gauge the 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 situation in the Philippines on that, um, parang. If if a show like Six O'clock News can run in the Philippines mm-hmm. without getting canceled or without the cast getting murdered mm-hmm. or 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 kidnapped or whatever, then I think the Philippines is in good shape. <laughs> I think we're, go- we're we're all gonna be all right once we get more real comedy. Yeah, because what's happening right now in the Philippines is, I I think for the most part when I when I see things in, that they most people now would see as funny, I don't really see, I don't even, it doesn't even strike me as funny at all. No, not at all. No, no, no. no. There's nothing, you know, the, really, you know, I kind of miss it like the, like the old days. I'm, I'm from, you know, just got to understand that my generation is, was basically raised on comedians who were on Bodaville. So, yeah. Bodaville. So yeah. We were, Raised on that, you know the ja- the 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 Jario jokes where you get hit yeah. on the head and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. cafeteria aroma. Exactly, that was the eighties <laughs> for you. Before Dude, that, that was my favorite show, man. Cafeteria before, aroma, man. Yeah. That was so funny. Shit, Minyong Villegas. Minyong, yes. <laughs> and he would play guitar. I'm like, this guy can play anything on the guitar, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would do. He would do sort of uh, these. Uh, he would suddenly break into Van Halen and then then stop it. Yeah, he would stop it. It's, it would, uh, yeah, yeah. His guitar licks would be like a uh, like the punchline of a joke. Yeah, <laughs> and the last note would be bad. Yeah, it would be a perfect lick if if <laughs> if not for the last note. The last note he really had control, and that's yeah. it. I come from that generation. Right. You know, from way back. I even saw those guys in the Philippines. Saperia. Uh-huh. Small town fiesta. I saw them. Yeah. Aping Daldal, Manok. Oh, so they had an they had an act. Yeah, they had an act. Wow. Improper stage or... showers. You know, they had stage shows back then. Right. I saw them, man. And I remember each one of those, their antics, all of them. I just brought that on stage. Mm. I needed that, you know, because that's the link from yeah. what I told you, the nightclubs that I, you know, went to as a child, all these nightclub acts from Rico Puno, Imelda Papin, all of these, you know, Rojas Boulevard nightclub acts. Shit, man. All of that I just brought on stage. That right. was that was just the secret sauce in what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what but what I was doing was really Making it salty, <laughs> salty or 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 bitter. <laughs> no, salty is good, man. Okay. All right, Mister Lampano, thank you very much for doing this, man. Right, no problem, always, man, and thank you to you as well. And it's uh, uh, I. It's been great to meet you, and finally, you know, it's just to have uh, you know this conversation even you know to revisit the old days yeah i 
I really appreciate this a lot. And if there's anything you need of me, just or from me, just let me know. And, uh, well, we're going to have our Koreatown Yeah, buffet. of course, man. It's on me. And, you know, th this will be over. This will yeah. be done. You know, we just got right now. We stay alive. We stay safe. Keep everybody we care about safe as well. Wear that goddamn mask, man. Yeah, that's it, man. Just wear it. <laughs> Yeah. All right, this has been WDRS Live Talk. I'm, I, I got to get used to it. This has been WDRS Talk. Yeah, WDRS <laughs> Talk. Episode, episode one with Mr. Binky Lampano. Thank you very much, sir. Peace out, and Peace you have out. a great good night. night man. Thank have you very night. much. Thank you. Up and up. Thank you. <laughs>